regular UK correspondent, a Manchester City man, is about to join us on the program. Andy Buckley, good evening, welcome. Good evening. God, it hurts me to say that, Manchester City man. <laughs> what? Well, you've got your team, I've got mine. Absolutely, and your team is on fire at the moment, doing a demolition of Chelsea in the FA Cup, and Graham Potter, former Brighton manager, new coach at Chelsea, what, under a little bit of pressure now? Yeah, a big uh, talking point really as to whether Chelsea should uh, stick with him. Apparently the Chelsea fans near the end of the game were singing for Thomas Tuchel and Abramovich, uh, which seems a bit uh, foolish uh, and ridiculous, but uh, in terms, certainly in terms of Abramovich, but um, uh, I'd stick with Potter. Uh, maybe I'm slightly influenced because I quite like the guy. I think he's very uh, approachable and uh, he's got a nice manner about him. Uh, and the, the, I suppose the most common accusation is the fact that Brighton's OK, but Chelsea's beyond him. Uh, but I just think, and a, a Guardiola, actually, Pep Guardiola, after the game, made a, a plea for uh, a bit of calm in terms of Chelsea and saying, look, just stick with the guy, uh, give him uh, time, give him uh, the breathing space, because the games are coming thick and fast. He didn't have the six weeks before the World Cup, uh, before the Christmas because of the World Cup, so... It's been a very uh, stop-start season, and uh, I, I, I think they've got to they've got to bear with him. I mean, Nottingham Forest have started to pick up because they showed some patience in their manager, uh, and I think Chelsea, all right, bigger fish than Forest, but they've got to show a little bit of uh, sense, really. A club notorious, of course, for sacking managers, as you know, like I do. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say they're well, a club that are very reactionary, aren't they? They're a very impatient club. They, you know, only one team's only one team's going to win the English Premier League, and finishing second doesn't, or finishing second third doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad manager or a bad team. No, and but they've got a new owner now, so maybe there'll be a new way of thinking. Um, finalists in the FA Cup last three years, City semi-finalists the last three years. Uh, but Chelsea's his run is over. I think it was the first time in 25 years that Chelsea went out of the FA Cup at the third round stage. So, uh, uh, yeah, difficult times for, for Graham Potter. Had the injuries, uh, didn't look like scoring, to be honest with you, uh, apart from late in the game when they had a little bit of a flurry. But, uh, 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 and the, the thing is, for every club, that the games are coming thick and fast now. So, uh, there's no let-up. I think they've got Fulham next in the league and uh, Fulham are on fire mm-hmm. at the moment. So, uh, uh, that, you know, that's the way it goes. The biggest upset in the third round of the FA Cup, was it Stevenage beating Aston Villa at Villa Park? Yeah, it certainly was, yeah. Uh, and um, fair play to Stevenage. Two late goals as well. A ridiculous goalkeeping error, I thought, for the, the winner. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... It's a tricky one, the FA Cup, because um, maybe I, I live in the past, but I, you know, and you think of historic cup shocks, and they're not quite the, on the same scale these days. I don't think because I just don't think the cup quite has that kind of allure, the magic. Uh, a team that does well in it will think differently, uh, and fair play to them. Uh, and maybe the modern generation will think well. We've not known it end of the, any other way. And uh, if you're a young Stevenage fan, you'll think, yeah, fantastic, even if you're an old Stevenage fan. But uh, I, I just think it's uh, been devalued a bit, really, by the amount of football that there is. Mm. And it just hasn't got that kind of uh, romance that it used to have. 
The other high-flying side knocked out by Sheffield Wednesday. Newcastle and United getting beaten by two goals to one. I'd imagine they're not overly disappointed by this. They, they potentially they potentially could actually end up winning the English Premier League, and this is one less distraction. Yeah, I, I disagree, to be honest with you. I just think that the FA Cup, there's no replays, I don't think, after the fourth round anyway. Um, so and the, the, the rounds are only over three weeks. I'd take your point about Newcastle at the league, but let's face it, um, Newcastle, in terms of uh, any silverware, it's an awful long time since they enjoyed any success. So, and they get beaten in the third round. I think Cambridge knocked them out last year in the third round at home at St James's Park. So, if I had been a Newcastle fan, I'd be bitterly, bitterly disappointed because they could have gone deep mm. in the competition. Mm. Um, and there was uh, also there's some complaints to the FA about alleged crushing at the Leppings Lane end at Hillsborough on Saturday. Uh, of course, the, the end notorious for where all those uh, tragic deaths occurred at Hillsborough. Uh, what was it, in 1988, was it, when Liverpool played Nottingham Forest? So, yeah, 1989, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, 89, sorry, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, there were sort of uh, echoes of the past, really, with Liverpool, uh, Newcastle fans saying about uh, problems in terms of crowd congestion at that end of the ground. But mm. uh, no doubt it'll get looked into by the FA because, of mm. course, they're all over everything. Not. It, it, you mentioned no replays after the fourth round. Liverpool played out a two draw with Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wolves probably are a little unlucky not to win this game. Jurgen Klopp, does not want replays. He says the season's already too long. He says there are already too many games. Stop throwing football at people. Have quality, not quantity. Is that view shared by most of the uh, big managers or the big clubs? Well, yeah. It's not like Jurgen Klopp's a moan, is it? He's, um, well, no, more he, than he Pep Guardiola. But... Everything. I know, but Guardiola just accepts that that's the English <laughs> football. If you don't like it, if Jurgen Klopp doesn't like it, go and manage in Germany. Or, or, or anywhere, but that, that's the nature of our game. And this is the deal that we've been dealt this season with the World Cup that's exacerbated it. Um, and that's the rules. You've got to play to the rules. Uh, and fair play. I mean, I think, to be honest with you, you mentioned City, touched on City at the top. And I think that the fixture list will catch up with them. And they can't keep going and winning games. It was great to beat Chelsea twice in the space of 72 hours. But the fixture list will catch up with them and I think it'll catch up with everybody mm. and it could be a question, of, I, know, I know this is stating the obvious, but it could be a question of how few games, how many, how least number of points you drop determines how well you do. Mm. And, and in fairness to Guardiola, he puts out a strong team whether he's playing Burton Albion in the FA Cup or whether he's playing Chelsea. Um, and you, you could turn around quite rightly and say, well, he's got the strength in depth, he's got all the talent on the bench uh, to be able to do that. But haven't Liverpool, haven't Chelsea? Uh, you know, it, it, the fact that City have got a squad that goes deep and, 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 and is good enough to bring on players. There was a lot of anger among the City fans at the Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge because the commentator on ITV said, oh, um, City have just brought on, you know, £150 million worth of talent that's produced a winning goal, i.e. Grealish, £100 million provides the cross. And Mahrez at £50 million scores the winning goal. Uh, he omitted to mention that they'd also brought on a Kanji who cost £15 million, And Rico Lewis, who's a product of the academy system at the start of the second half. So, you know, you bring players through from your academy. Some will work, some won't work. So, 
I, I can understand the fact that the replay, and that's another reason, isn't it, that um, the FA Cup has lost a little bit of its uh, glamour because of the, you know, I, I remember, was it uh, Newcastle played somebody, I got reminded of it at the weekend, was it maybe Newcastle and Sheffield Wednesday played five replays once to settle a, um, an FA Cup tie, and, and that in the, the kind of two generations ago, I suppose now, uh, and that is not going to happen anymore. But um, th- that was the kind of the attraction of the cup, and you, you, you know that enduring magic. Now it's it's a kind of a quick um, fix of ninety minutes, maybe not even extra time penalties. Get it over and done with beyond the fourth round. I'm not sure whether there is extra time. Mm. To be honest with you, but you, you, you've just got to live with it. You've just got to cope with it. And some might say, "Well, the FA Cup is Liverpool's best chance of silverware, apart from the Champions League." So why whinge? Oxford United take on Arsenal tomorrow in the third round. The winner of that <coughs> game will end up playing Manchester City. Boy, it's a tough draw for Manchester City. You get Chelsea and potentially Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, you do. But um, you've got to beat them sometime. Uh, City are at home, I suppose that's the main thing. But I mean, it's City's week. You know, Southampton on. Uh, on Wednesday in the quarterfinals, uh, and then Manchester United at half past twelve on Saturday at Old Trafford. Now, if, if Jurgen Klopp would be complaining about that, he wouldn't be happy about a Wednesday night and then a Saturday lunchtime kickoff. But I don't think Guardiola will complain. So it's United on uh, a rejuvenated Manchester United on Saturday, and then it's Tottenham a week on Thursday, your early Friday morning. Um, so. Uh, and, you know, City could come unstuck against Tottenham, just referring to what I mentioned earlier. Well, one issue that, that did uh, surface uh, when I was sort of trolling the internet overnight was uh, flying to football games as well, because Nottingham Forest flew to Blackpool on uh, Saturday for the FA Cup, 39-minute flight. And they had two coaches. They were talking about uh, the sponsored by E.ON, and bearing in mind we're all climate aware. Uh, they had two coaches that drove to Blackpool Airport to pick the players up to make a seven-minute journey to Bloomfield Road. Mm. What, what's, the dr- what's, what's, the, what's the what's what's the the drive time versus the thirty-nine-minute flight? Well, Nottingham to Blackpool, uh, Nottingham to Manchester's an hour and a half uh, across the Peak District, and then it's another fifty minutes, so it's two and a half hours really. And if you did the motorway route, it might be more three hours plus. In fairness to Forest, they'd been at Southampton the Wednesday before. Uh, uh, did do much good, did it? Because they got stuffed at Blackpool in the cup. But uh, so they flew. But uh, I mean, City will fly to Southampton is, on Wednesday. Is there a genuine? But is there a genuine backlash from the public regarding teams travelling on plane versus bus because of global no. warming? Or is this just the left, the woke media trying to turn nothing into something? Yeah, no, I think your second point is right. I, th- I think the point of the making is. Why take two coaches, which is obviously just to, to take the, um, mm. the, 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 the kit, uh, and uh, to, why take two coaches and fly? Um, but uh, teams do fly. A lot of the reaction was quite rightly as well. It just said, well, get used to it because teams do fly to football matches. Mm. Arsenal famously mm. flew to Norwich mm. uh, a couple of seasons ago. It was a 13-minute flight mm. from Stansted um, to, to Norwich Airport. Um, and I remember flying to Norwich actually about nearly 30 years ago now to cover a Manchester City game for the radio and I took off from Manchester Airport bear in mind I was on air at 1 o'clock and I took off from Manchester Airport at 
half past 11. I flew with the chairman, Francis Lee, remember Francis Lee, Manchester City chairman. I flew with the chairman and the directors and uh, it was from Manchester Airport to Norwich. And Norwich is a cross-country trek. It's a good six, seven hours. It's one of the most inaccessible grounds in the country. Beautiful place, Norwich. Beautiful place, but um, hard to reach. And left Manchester Airport just before midday. He was on air at Carrow Road uh, at one o'clock. The flight was half an hour. Quick uh, bus transfer to Carrow Road. And I was sat at Carrow Road at like quarter to one, ten to one, ready to, mm. to go on air. But it's, it, you know you what it's like as a broadcaster. You're sort of a long, long way from where you're supposed to be uh, broadcasting from. And you're only kind of 90 minutes before you go on air. You, you're getting a little bit uh, very edgy, to be honest with you. But fortunately... The winds eased and the flight took off. But uh, yeah, flying's quite commonplace. I regularly come up against that with Auckland traffic these days. Now, um, just just Andy, Andy, Andy. Look, I've been sensing just a little bit of animosity towards Jurgen Klopp here, a little bit of anti-sentiment towards Liverpool Football Club. I think we just need a little bit of a sing-a-song, Andy. I think we just need to all relax and come together and have a little bit of a sing-along. Do you, do you want to join me in this? Uh, no. You sure? You're a really good singer, Andy. I remember you on those oh. rooftops in Alabama. You sang well, my good man. <laughs> you want to just I'll swear this one <laughs> um, alright ok so uh, look I guess good news and, I, and I'm a big Nottingham Forest fan you mentioned it earlier starting to find their mojo starting to play their way out of relegation is that the general consensus do people feel that the English Premier League is a better competition when you've got those great traditional clubs involved um, yeah I think Nottingham Forest have got their uh, place in the the, the 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 elite, the top echelon of English football. Um, but then again, supporters of Sheffield Wednesday might say the same as well. Uh, Sunderland might argue the same cause. So, but it's up to get them, them to get their act right. And I suppose money mm. talks more than it did mm. back in the day when the likes of Sunderland and Forest were, um, you know, flying high with. Were, were among the big boys, were the European champions in Forest's case. Uh, but, yeah, it's good to see them up there. I think Southampton are looking as though they're going to uh, slip out of the top flight um, and the risk always, is always that you might not get back. That's one of the, the dangers. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an intriguing relegation battle, especially mm-hmm. with Everton dragged uh, deep into the mire as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Frank Lampard, uh, if he loses or draws with Southampton on the weekend, is he gone? Uh, well... Uh, <laughs> The problem is Everton run much deeper than the manager, really. Um, that's the problem. And you can sack Frank Lampard and say, well, let's get somebody else in. And uh, Silver, the manager of Fulham, who's doing great at Fulham, went to Everton and, and fell by the wayside, as did so many others. So um, it's the ownership. They've got the new stadium coming up as well. The last thing they want is to be going into a new stadium, not playing in the top division. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a good chance that the the, the clamour for for managerial sackings is so much that these days um, chairmen are kind of quaking in the boots, aren't they? They like all the prestige of being in the boardroom and sitting at the front row of the director's box and pumping the money in. But uh, those who attend, of course, some chairmen these days, including the Manchester City owner, you know, he's only been to the Etihad once in the 12 years he's owned the club. Um, but, uh, you know, these... Uh, these chairmen who are who are up close and personal to the fans, they do react eventually, and uh, and you know they, they get the uh, the dreaded vote of confidence, which inevitably leads to the, getting the sack. 
Andy Buckley, as always, been an absolute privilege and a pleasure having you on the on the program tonight. I'll, um, I understand you're a Manchester City fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. The fact that there is a little bit of angst is what makes the English Premier League so damn exciting. It's the fact that we've got tribalism and it's something that New Zealand rugby could sort of um, learn a little bit more about. Well, yeah, I like a little bit of spikiness on a Monday evening. Um, well, it makes the world go round, doesn't it? As long as it's all good natured, that's, that's the thing about. Uh, I keep saying this: the only reason Manchester City spend as much money or Liverpool spend as much money is because of what the opposition are doing, what their opponents are doing, what the great clubs are doing. It's the only reason you train as hard because you know what you've got to do to try and beat Manchester City. Absolutely. Yeah, which makes sport and football, you know, such an attraction and such a magnetic, uh, you know, uh, event. I mean, it was an ordinary third round, really, for City today, but. The fact they were playing Chelsea suddenly made it a big, big deal. You know, capacity mm. crowd at the Etihad. Fantastic. Andy Buckley, as always, thank you for your time tonight here on the programme. Pleasure.